This is May It Please the Internet, a podcast brought to you by Revision Legal, lawyers who represent businesses that make money online. Hey, everyone. This is John DiGiacomo, and this is the Revision Legal podcast, May It Please the Internet. And today, as on most days, I am joined by my partner, Eric Mysterovich. Hello, Eric. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to talk about today's topic, which is thoughts. <laughs> what is a thought, Eric? <laughs> you don't know what a thought is, John? Uh, no, I actually don't. I have no idea what a thought I, is. I looked it up. I went to Urban Dictionary. And the definition is a female that uses her body in some way to gain attention or some favor from males commonly used to describe female streamers on Twitch that use such tactics. So is it a combination of hot and something else? Or is it just thought? That's just the word thought. I don't know where it came from, but at some point in time it became an accepted term and why are we talking about thoughts today? Well, it's certainly not about the etymology of thought. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, producer Mark has jumped in and told me that thought is a abbreviation for that hoe over there. <laughs> so ah, there we go. From the rafters. Very useful input there. That's great. <laughs> well, today we're talking about thoughts because we through a copyright infringement lawsuit, took down a website called ThoughtsBay.com. And ThoughtsBay.com was a site for leaks of creators on OnlyFans and Patreon and YouTube where the site itself had a front page where it would publish nude pictures of women, mostly women, from OnlyFans. And also had a forum where it would encourage third parties to upload content that were stolen from creators' pages, creators on OnlyFans and other websites. So Eric, give us a little bit of explanation on the site itself and how it worked internally. Yeah, everything seemed to happen in the forums, right? You could go to thoughtsbay.com and it was what it was, but the forums had different sections for what platform content was leaked from and there was very active message boards and there was essentially an internal system where users gained points that gave them certain benefits within the site. You got points by posting content that got essentially upvotes from other users. And so there was this big community of People that would buy access to some kind of paid content, come to this forum, upload it, and get magical internet points for this action. And it was a haven for stolen content. I mean, that that's what it was. And when I say there's a community of people that would do this, it was hard to tell exactly how many users. I read there was several hundred thousand users. If you went on the site, it would tell you how many users were on at any one time. And my recollection, there was always about 20 or 30,000 people using the site at any time uh, we went on there. And so there was a big community of users that were pretty devoted to uh, sharing porn. 
Yeah, that's a major understatement. We'll get to this part of the story, but we got a hold of the domain and when we redirected it to our website, the traffic spike was astronomical. So much so that I was afraid that we were going to be penalized by Google for sending such a large number of adult uh, seekers to our website because Google does not tend to like adult pages. So when I did the initial research of the size and level of traffic to the site, my initial research was that it was the 485th largest traffic website in the world. So it, it is up there. It was just below Pornhub in the realm of adult sites. So it was hugely used. And this type of business model has been around forever. When I was a kid, I was really into software piracy. That's kind of why I got into intellectual property. And there used to be these hidden FTP sites where you would get points if you uploaded a certain amount of pirated software. So they were called top sites. And you always wanted access to the best top sites. So in order to get more props or more points, you would upload better software. If you got a cracked copy of Microsoft NT and you uploaded it and you were the first person to do so, you know, you might get invited to the next top site. The structure of ThoughtSpace not new. It's something that, you know, obviously we've seen in the past. And we were approached by our client to have content removed from the website. And so we sent an initial demand to ThoughtSpay to have the content removed, and they ignored it. And then we sent another one, and they ignored it. And then we sent another one, and they ignored it. And then I created an account on the forums, and I sent a message to the site administrator, and they ignored it. And so we went back to our client, and we said, look, this isn't coming down. The only option is to file a lawsuit. What did we do next, Eric? Yeah, we filed a lawsuit. We filed a lawsuit for copyright infringement in the Northern District of Illinois on behalf of one plaintiff. You know, we pretty quickly had many other people reach out seeking to become plaintiffs or talking about filing class action type lawsuit and things like that. But we went through, we filed the lawsuit. We filed it in a little bit of a unique manner in which the named defendants are effectively held under seal, so they didn't know the lawsuit was coming. We obtained a temporary restraining order that gave us the power to effectively shut the websites down at that time. But there was a lot of back and forth with registrars and payment providers to try to figure out and kind of unmask who is behind the sites. So there were several rounds of subpoenas sent out to the various third parties that were involved. Some of this was ad content networks, domain registrars, payment facilitators. And through those actions, we're able to kind of piece together the two individuals that look to be behind these websites. And that gave us the opportunity to keep going with the lawsuit, to serve them with the summons and complaint and wait for them to respond. They elected to not respond and let the case go into default, where we obtained a default judgment that gave us the final power to go in and and take possession of the domain names. That was um, the, the big thing that kind of facilitated shutting down this website was that we went straight to the registrars, said, here's a court order, transfer this domain to us. Yeah, and we were able to find out who these people behind the websites are. There are two individuals. One is located just outside of Sofia, Bulgaria. The other is located in Marrakech, Morocco. And because they are located overseas, we have continued to work on enforcement efforts. 
but seizing the domain name was the immediate first step. So it was the the way to get the relief that we were seeking. Now, when we sent these subpoenas to third party ad networks and to other parties that were participating in this operation, it became abundantly clear to us that there's a lot of hands in the pot and no one really wants to take responsibility. So the ad networks are making money, the registrars are making money, but none of them really want to take responsibility and pretend like they're not actually making money. So there's a lot of money being made off of these leak sites. Um, so next time we're going to do things probably a little bit differently and we'll go after those ad networks themselves more quickly. But the reason why a site like ThoughtsBay is illegal is because it facilitates copyright infringement. There are really two ways to be a copyright infringer. One is a direct infringer, and the other way is just when you're held secondarily liable. A direct infringer is somebody who actually uploads or distributes the content themselves. They violate one of the rights under Section 106 of the Copyright Act. ThoughtsBay could have gotten away with not doing that. So if it did not maintain its front page and upload content itself, and publish content directly on its front page. It could have gotten away with just being a service provider. The second way you can be held liable is as a service provider under this theory of secondary liability where you do not respond to DMCA takedowns like the ones that we sent to ThoughtsBay. So had ThoughtsBay tried to become legitimate, it very well could have run its business model as a, a conduit or as a site that just accepts user-generated submissions provided it didn't actively solicit and request copyright infringing materials. It's a very strange approach that they took because they really could have built this into something that wasn't as risky as it was. So Eric, what happened next? After we got this thing shut down, what was the next step? <laughs> the next step was that you, more than me, received quite a response from the followers of Thoughts Bay. They were not happy that this website was taken down. And how many subscriptions were you signed up for? Oh, probably 100,000. So what I think happened is, you know, on the dark net, you can buy anything. So if somebody bought a script or access to a script, you can lease them to sign me up for hundreds of thousands of email subscriptions. So I ended up with the subscription bomb. And, and it's more of an annoyance than anything else. Eric, you and I have been... What we've been hacked by Iranian hackers. We've somebody registered your name in a domain name. We've been swatted. <laughs> so this is not our first rodeo. Subscription bomb was not the most nefarious thing we've ever faced. So uh, just put up a filter and dropped everything in a mailbox for a couple of days. But what else happened, Eric? They moved to a new website right away, and they moved out of a .com, which is kind of subject to U.S. laws. And they moved to a country code, a top-level domain. I think it was Trinidad and Tobago. And they put up the exact same site on this new domain. And John, you took a very aggressive position with the new registrar saying, you're violating the order. If you let this domain continue to operate, we're bringing you into court and you can explain yourself to the court. And that produced a great result and that the website was voluntarily taken down by this new registrar. And then at that point, the owners of... These domains put up some Twitter posts, essentially conceding, saying, uh, we give up. This is over. It was kind of fun while it lasted. They took some parting shots at how somehow they're victims in, in all of this. 
I mean, how the rights owners are the ones to blame. So they're gone. Since then, we hear they're coming back. We hear there's a new site here or there that is the old guard. We're investigating it. We're looking into it. It's not abundantly clear right now. I think there's a lot of people out there that effectively want to play off the Thoughts Bay name and take whatever goodwill was associated with that and try to act like them. So it's not entirely clear if if they're behind these um, other websites or not, but we're certainly keeping an eye on it. Yeah, there's a number of imitators. There was a Twitter post by ThoughtSpay's Twitter account that said something along the lines of they had preserved the forums or that there was a backup of the code. And there are sites out there that appear to have that backup. So it remains to be seen if it's the same owners. Like I said before, we know who the owners are. Surprisingly, one of them is relatively well known within his country, which is strange. I don't know why they would choose to do that with their business model, but it is what it is. So we're keeping our options open, but in the meantime, we've received a number of requests from creators, from OnlyFans, asking us to help them and help remove other sites. And we can do the same thing again. It's not hard. It's relatively easy. It just takes time and a little bit of money. So if you are facing these issues, it's worth thinking about how you could attack them. One of the questions we usually get is, can I do a class action? And The typical answer is no, because class actions really require typicality of the claims. And the a copyright claim is a distinct claim about the content of the creator. It's not a claim that's shared by the class members because they all create different content. So a copyright class action is very difficult. So you really have to be making enough money to make this worth your while, but it's an option. And we continue to investigate other sites like this on behalf of our existing clients to see if we can have those taken down as well. Yeah, and we've had some really great positive feedback. You know, we've had a lot of people reach out and say thank you, that they were impacted by this site in a terrible way and that they are so happy it's gone. It doesn't mean it'll be gone forever, but it's always nice to get some positive feedback from clients or not clients, just other people that were essentially victims of Thoughts Bay. And you're right, a class action just doesn't fit. It's not the way these cases usually work because there's a different amount of copyrights at issue. There's differences in whether or not they were registered copyrights or before the infringement, which has a direct correlation into how much damages can be at stake. So people are out there listening, how can you protect themselves? One way is to seek copyright registration on a fairly regular basis. And that's something that we're able to help people almost teach them how to do it because it's something you can do without an attorney, but you really should have a baseline understanding of what's going on. And, and we help people do that as well. So creators out there, formal copyright registration is very important. It's relatively inexpensive and it really gives you a leg up if infringement happens later. Great point. And it is highly important because if you can, if you have a copyright registration and there is a collectible defendant, then we are eligible for statutory damages, which means that people like me will take your case on a contingent fee basis. So you're not spending money out of pocket. So it's a huge incentive. So if you can get in the habit of registering for copyright registration of your content and usually like on a three month rolling basis, then you're going to be in such a better position if you face these leaks. And another way that we've done it is even if you're not in a position financially 
as a creator to go after a big site like ThoughtsBay, we have done sweeps of Google indexes or Bing in indexes where if a site's hosted overseas, it's not responsive to a DMCA takedown, we can create a strategy for you to ensure that at the very least, the content's not easily accessible. And we do that by getting it de-indexed from Google search engine through copyright infringement notices. And we've got a number of clients that will just have us do that on a weekly basis. They'll check in on a Wednesday, ask us to um, see what's out there, run a Google search, and go to work, and then do it again the next week and make sure that people are coming to them and paying for their content and not going to these third-party websites and getting it for free. And it's a big deal. I mean, these are people who... We, we laugh at sex work and we think it's, I don't know what the right word is, prurient, but I, I couldn't do it. I mean, these are people who are taking huge risk and they deserve to be rewarded for that risk. And it's it worked like any other work. It's here. I mean, this kind of work is here. It's not going away. It's not for everyone. But if you're going to do it, you should not have a website devoted to stealing from you. I mean, that's crazy. Any other, um, it would be comparable to free music. Obviously, that was shut down. There was a more efficient way that it was easier to get if you just paid a dollar for a song. And now, you know, we have it. Now we have streaming services. Well, OnlyFans is that for that segment of the market. But if there's other sites out there that are hosted overseas that are just a haven for stolen content, I mean, I think the math was if you joined Thoughts Bay, I think it was like $10 or something to join. Well, that got you access to every model out there. Alternatively, if you're going to go through OnlyFans, you'd pay $10 for one model. So like the incentive for the stolen content was huge and it's stealing from these creators. You know, you may not agree with what they're doing. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, it's here, it's legitimate and it's not going to go away anytime soon. And they deserve to be protected just like any other business. That's absolutely right. I mean, you wouldn't steal from a local store and you're you're stealing from people. And these are real people. There's a woman in my city that I know. We have mutual friends who does OnlyFans and she's got kids and it's a source of income for her. So this is like, these are real people. It's And it's very bizarre to think that a group of mostly young, angry men were so angry about us getting their free porn site shut down that they decided to attack me <laughs> with an email bomb and, and call for my death over the course of a few days. It's absolutely crazy. It's just like, get out of your basement and go find something to do, get a job and pay for content. Um, yeah, I don't know why we're surprised by that reaction. Yeah. I mean, of course it was going to be like that. They get to hide behind a keyboard and say mean things about you. We should have expected it, but it is still surprising when you see how angry they are, like you said, with their free porn going away. It's like, come on, guys. Like, you got to have <laughs> something better to do than get mad about your stolen content being unavailable. Absolutely. And, you know, one other thing, if you want to build a business and you want to make millions and millions of dollars, I can tell you exactly what it is. Make OnlyFans, but take the step to carry the burden of enforcing your creator's rights. The one thing OnlyFans has not done is it has not stepped up to shut these sites down. And that is bizarre to me because this is your sole source of income 
you should be carrying the legal weight, not these individual creators. If you're going to take money from them for the purposes of publishing their content, just like any other publisher, you need to carry the weight and use your resources to go after these sites. So if you're a creator out there and you want to build a creator-friendly website, that's the way to do it. it. Just make sure that you carry that legal weight. Yeah, agreed. Just handed out million-dollar ideas over here. So, no, it's, it's true. OnlyFans is not not stepping up to protect their creators. And what are they supposed to do? It's not an easy position to be in to try to combat that kind of infringement. It's whack-a-mole. It's kind of everywhere. It's sprawling. It's overseas. So we're not saying it's easy for OnlyFans to do it, but seems like they could really support their creators more. Well, you know who it's easy for? Revision Legal. Boom. <laughs> I think that's all we got for today, Eric. Thanks again for uh, joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.